the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings and our hola, amigos. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Welcome one and all to our, you know, little radio show. We hope, you know, you'll be thoroughly, I don't know, entertained, that you'll enjoy the next 59 or so minutes. The key word, though, is hope. In life, as everyone knows, there are no guarantees. Truth be told, there's a decent chance at the end of this program, you will say to yourself, man, I will never get back those wasted minutes in my lifetime. They are gone forever. Yeah, if that's your conclusion, well, you know, I guess you're screwed, as there's nothing I can do to remedy the situation. But, on the other hand, you just might end up, you know, saying, Wow, I am severely bummed out that this program is over now. I sure wish it was like a four or five hour show. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. So l- let's just see how this thing plays out, okay? The unknown is what makes, you know, our lives exciting when we get up, right? Yeah, so right now I need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a snicker, because I don't want you to exhaust yourself this early in the program, and it'll, it'll allow you to pace yourself and maybe end the show with a resounding full-on belly laugh. You know, or, or, or not. I, I don't you know, want to place unrealistic expectations on you. <laughs> oh, I do prefer going with a slow build through the show, dear. And I so appreciate your consideration. No problem. All right, now I'm obligated to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, go ahead, acknowledge my acknowledgement, but make it short and sweet, like really short and sweet. You know, I've never known how one can make something sweet. I mean, I get the short part, but sweet, it doesn't That, that was sweet si- enough for me. Oh. Ooh, yeah. So now what I wanted to discuss on the show was, well, I've come to the conclusion that there, there's like something missing in my life. I'm pretty sure about this. Oh, and Spud, I, Spud. I, let me let me interrupt you. You are a little too old to have a child now at this point in your life. You know, to be able to do so within the bounds of marriage, well, <laughs> that that's going to take some time to bring about. There's the courtship stage, then there's the going steady stage, going then steady. you have the engagement stage, oh, then you oh enter... Oh boy, what century is your mind residing in at this moment, Gerald? Well, You make Mike Pence seem like a futurist. Almost Jetson-like. You yeah. need to leave behind the 19th century. Yeah. Move on. No, 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 no. I'm just suggesting that for Spud, the prospect of having a child now is not exactly realistic. If if he finds an age-appropriate bride, you know, father time is not really on his side. Shut up. Look, I'm not currently pining away for a child. 
you know, maybe another hamster, oh. you know, because my, my little Chico needs a buddy. But I, I've been feeling that there's just basically kind of something missing. I, it's, I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe I should find a religion. Oh, my. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's been since I was a kid that I really paid much attention to this topic. And back then it was only because my mother made me go to church until my 12th birthday. Oh. I mean, as, as everyone knows, you know, she was Jewish, but, but she sent me to parochial school until I busted out in high school when I finally got to wear T-shirts and jeans you know, at my new school. Uh-huh. But, and Dorothy, you know this, at, at that point yeah, she I really do. didn't care which church I went to as long as I wasn't sleeping in on Sunday morning. So uh, I would go to, you know, a bunch of different ones with, you know, with my friends. You name the religion and I, I probably went to at least a couple services there, especially the ones with decent cookies sent out afterwards. Oh, I, I know your mother did want you to have some moral foundation. Yeah given your father's rather loose lifestyle. Well, you know, he himself, you know, did find religion late in life, you know, when he became a Rajneeshi, but, you know, I, you know, I was never attempted to give that one a test drive. Their outfits were just, I don't, I don't know, long robes are not my style. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm not familiar with any religion by that name. Ra- Rajneeshism? Well, what do they believe? I mean, okay, is it a real religion or more of a fad like those kids swallowing uh, Tide Pods? All you exercise freaks, you're the ones putting stress on the healthcare system. Look, I don't know. Maybe a bit of both. Anyway, um, I, I ruled I ruled that one out way. It's just, I don't know, it's just not, it's not trending these days, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That religion is kind of like the hula hoop now. Yeah. You can do better for sure. Uh, so, Spud, if you're looking for a religion... I think you should first seek my counsel before speaking with any others. I mean, I am a very close friend, and I'm also your co-host. And then we fell in love. Uh, temporary co-host. Well, temporary permanent co-host. And I know you don't have many real friends in your life. True. Your aunt Mm -hmm. is one of your few living relatives. And I've seen how many friends you have on social media. And gosh... I, I know it must make you feel so lonely sometimes and rejected. Uh, listen, I have the answer for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate your concern for me, but I just uh, I would rather listen, not listen to me. Take listen to me. Your listen to me. Advice. The Mormon Church can fill that void <laughs> in your life. It will change. Look, I, I didn't say I, ha- I didn't say I had a void. Okay, did not say I had a void. Well, that that is a bit stronger than saying I have something missing in my life. A void is serious business. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you may be splitting hairs here with the void thing. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Well, we we can talk about this later. Right now, it's time for our musical guest, who I will be interviewing in a bit. Welcome back to the show, Shotgun Kitchen. Real hard to find 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, this is Michael Bacon from the Bacon Brothers. This is Kevin Bacon. Somehow we ended up on the Spud Goodman Show. How'd that happen? Uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, Joseph Marcel, is holding for you. You know, I am looking forward to this interview as I loved Jeffrey, or, or Joseph, on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And now, people of Gotham City, the moment you have all been waiting for... All right. I know you're a fan, as you've told me a thousand times, how much you I like am. the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. I think Joseph is calling in from, like, London, where he lives. Hey, I hate to shatter your illusion, but he doesn't really live in the Beverly Hills area, and he never was an actual butler. Oh, oh, I don't know if you want to hit him with too much reality here. I know for a fact he still believes the Wizard of Oz was real. Tell him, Gerald. Okay, all right. Look, I know by now he's long dead, but you don't know for a fact that the wizard was not a real person. I, I know he really tried his best to keep things running smoothly in Oz. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, right. Anyway, I, you know, I did some research on Joseph, and, yeah. and he has led a very interesting life. Uh, there's way more to him than just playing Jeffrey, so just put him through. Here he is. Say hello to actor Joseph Marcel. Thank Yeah. You have a brand new movie out uh, on Netflix titled The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Uh, based on a true story and the book of the same name, you play uh, a leader yes. of a village in Malawi, correct? Yes, I am the chief, yes. Super. Huh? Uh, did you do much research on how to play a chief? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, um, the, 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 the part was uh, offered to me by Chiwetel Ejiofor, who's the director, and this oh, is yeah. first effort as a director. Um, I, had, I, I had to learn a little Chiwa, the, uh, the local language. I had to find out how a chief behaves, because a chief is, is really a king. Um, he has responsibility for anywhere from 100 to 2,000 people covering an area, perhaps... I don't know, um, 100 to 200 to 2,000 acres um, uh, there were, and there were, there were, there were, there were also subtle um, religiosity things about it that, you know, the chief was a Muslim and all those things. Um, but, but I have to say that I had, I had all the support I had from the, I needed from, from the film company and, and, and my director, you know, he really treated me wonderfully well, you know, he kind of elicited the performance he needed from me and uh, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a wonderful effort and and the boys who, who are the boys who, who, who build the windmill to irrigate the land are just wonderful right yeah I think your director uh, and the writer and the stars a pretty talented man we'll just I'll, I'll leave it at yes, that Mr. Edge of Four, yes he is a very talented man yeah. the so called triple threat as it were absolutely well where is the production shot um, the production was shot in Malawi, in Africa. Oh, you right on, right there. Okay, all right, super. Oh yes, um, we were we were right in the red sand, with with the scorpions and and the beautiful sunsets and the early 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 sunrises and the amazing fresh food. It was wonderful. Oh, good good. I'm you know I'm kind of glad because I don't think Vancouver, Canada needs another movie done there. I, I pretty much know the whole city by now. As, as I bet a thousand films have been well, shot there. Don't say that. I was in Toronto last week. So okay, I, and Toronto. <laughs> and I'm nothing against Canada. I'm 
I mean, we love Canada, but, you know, I've seen the cities uh, a bit and when it's supposed to be Miami and it's, uh, you know, a beach in uh, Vancouver or something. Yeah, anyway. All right. Well, moving on here. I got to oh, yes. ask I, you I think, I think Africa deserves a, a look because they do have the weather and they do have amazing locations. And, and I think they're, they're quite generous as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, well, you know, I have to ask you this because millions, okay, billions probably uh, of people on Earth remember you as, as Jeffrey the, Beth- the butler uh, on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, do, <laughs> do people still yell out your character's name when you're out shopping or at a museum or something? Oh, heavens, people do it all the time. Um, today, I, 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 I went to the supermarket. I went to do something that my wife had ordered me to do, and some guy just walked past me and went, Jeffrey, and that's in London, Jeffrey. I mean, I, it would have been nicer if he'd said, hey, how you doing, man? But there you go. Wow. I'm from, well, where can I say? Where have I been? I've been to Turkey. I've been to Austria. I've been to Africa. I've been to Malawi. I've been to Kenya. I've been to um, to Dar es Salaam. Um, wherever I go in the world, uh, um, <laughs> Romania, um, the United States. Canada, wherever, the Caribbean, wherever I go, I mean, people remember it. And it's the most wonderful thing, really, because it takes you back and it's, it's, it's not what you're thinking of. And yet there's this huge outflow of, 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 of love and affection. It, it, it's marvelous. Super. Well, I'm, I'm sure our listeners uh, in, uh, on Hashtag Radio in South Africa, actually Cape Town, are, are familiar with the series. Everybody knows the fresh... Prince of Bella, everybody. So here's my question, though. You did six seasons of the show. When it was over, did, did it take you some time to adjust not playing the character? Uh, well, yeah, not, not really. It, what, what it did was it, it took me some time to, to get back into the technique of, 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 of learning. Um, what would I say? How, how, how can I put this? I was going to say Middle English, but, 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 but learning um, uh, Shakespeare, really. Because um, you know, I did six years of, of a modern show, so it was it was it was kind of difficult getting back into the classical theatre. But you know, that, within you know five weeks of rehearsals, uh, it all came back. Right. Well, you know, as when all shows come to an end, it must be kind of tough to say goodbye to fellow <laughs> cast members, like a happy divorce sorta. Um, well, it, it, it's actually like I mean. Um, I, I don't know. For me, it, it, it was like flying the coop. I mean, losing some very, very, not losing, but leaving some very, very, very people I'd, who had become very close friends, people I admired. And, you know, there, there are times in the day when you sort of go, oh, but, oh, no, <laughs> I'm in another country there in America. But we do, we, 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 uh, we had lunch, I think, last year, the year before. So we do get together every now and then, because, as you know, all actors are very busy. Right, super. Well, you know, you're a resident of the UK. Uh, what's your take on that Brexit deal? It seems like a wacky election to some of us here in the US. Good thing we don't make wacky decisions in our elections here, you know? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 it's very difficult to, to, to talk about politics, but um, it, it, it was a, a democratic decision made by the, the populace that they wanted to leave. Um, we were we discovering that it perhaps may not have been the wisest decision. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the people exercising their democratic rights. Right. Right? And, you know, um, my own personal view is, is different from that because I, I am a Remainer. But I think, you know, 
in the end, it's, it's, it is about democracy. And um, Right. I just I just wanted to hit you up you with do? that because we you know we wonder you know of course we got our own issues here so I'll I'll, I'll move on. Uh, Spud, if I may interject right here. Yeah. What, what? What were you implying with your statement? We have our own issues here with elections. I hope you're not referring to Donald Trump's historic 2016 victory, one of the greatest moments in our country's history. Uh, hey hey Joseph, I need a brief moment here. Um yeah. That's what I was referencing. We elected a reality show host as our president. Well, that would qualify as pretty wacky, don't you think? Well, the only thing wackier is if we elected one of the guys from, oh, the Dukes of Hazard, maybe, or or someone from that band Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, I got a Grand Funk uh, 8-track somewhere in my... No, 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 no that's nonsense. Sort of Mrs. Jarvitz, uh, I know you and Spud are members of that resistance movement. <laughs> you, you probably take your marching orders from the guy still running Venezuela, but don't you think it's about time you accepted the election's results and jumped on board the Trump train? It's been two years. Hashtag make America great again. Yeah, I think I'll wait for the next train and just let me get back to Joseph, okay? He's a really nice man. All right, I have returned. Uh, let me hit you with my last question. Um, Joseph Marcel, what, if you could enter into a time tunnel, what moment in history would you most want to relive, you know, like have an up-close and personal view of? Well, uh, <coughs> excuse me. One of my, one, 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 one of my favorite eras is uh, the Roman era. Um, I, 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 do, I, do, I do like to read about the ancient Romans, and I, I think perhaps that would be the time. Not simply because it's, um, it's, it's, it's uh, that I would perhaps be one of the aristocracy. It's simply because at that time um, the, the the work done in theater by 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 the actors, the um, the association with the Greek theater, the writers, Ovid, and that I, I would I, I think that would be an interesting time. Super. You know, I was thinking I wouldn't mind being dropped into 18, like 1876 and maybe head off that battle of the Little Bighorn. It was a little thing that happened in our country. You know, tell, tell Custer that he was on the wrong side of history and maybe just go home. That's just me. But anyway, uh, all right, I know you got a scoot, so let me say once more, your new film, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, is now streaming on Netflix. It's got great reviews. Uh, so just yes, and please, when you watch it, give it five star and do watch it, please. Absolutely, it's, uh, I will. I will. I'm on that right now. So thank you so much for coming on our show. God bless you, Scott. Thank you. All right, Mr. Joseph Marcel. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Hey, Al. This is Gwen from Trees and Timber on our six Spud Women performance. Because we love it so much, we'll keep coming back until he won't let us come back. And then we'll stand outside the door waiting for him to show up so we can beg him for more appearances. Because we love it so much. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, 
could we please get back to the conversation we were having? You, you know, about you searching for a religion? Yeah, well, Listen, uh, when you sit down and make a pros and con list, there's no doubt my church is the clear winner. The Mormon faith would be the best choice for you. And, well, okay, I'll just say it, everyone. Yes! Well, I will admit there are a few pros, like yeah, I, would, yeah. I would never go hungry should I get a little down on my luck, as pretty much yeah. everyone in your church has their own freaking food bank in their basement, and I, I could always bum you know, enough snacks for my fellow members to, to survive. Oh, yeah, and, we, we and, take care of people. And, and though I've only fantasized about having a harem, it does seem <laughs> like it could actually happen if I converted. I, uh, I understand that would bring its own set of problems, but you know, it might be fun for a week or two. Courtney, Chloe... As I've told you on many occasions, just because there have been a couple TV shows with Mormon families that practice polygamy, it's no longer allowed in the church. And Spud, think about it. You have never satisfied one woman. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I know. I know. You are right, Ann Dorsey. Uh -huh. It was just a fantasy. Okay, just a fantasy. I, I know it could get ugly real quick. Seriously. So, okay, let me think about this. Um... The Mormon thing. I, yeah, yeah. I just don't think it'd be a good fit for me because I, I don't enjoy riding bicycles at all, period. I, I prefer bikini briefs, and, and I have a daily three to four can Diet Coke habit. It just just wouldn't work. You, you, that, that's what faith is about. It allows us to overcome our vices. And you, listen, you would not be required to ride a bicycle. Really? And also, by the way, you're way too old to go on a mission. Oh, good to know. Don't worry about uh, that. Yeah. But I'm looking at other options, okay? Well, well, my sweetie Chance is taking me to his church now. I found the people there to be very warm and welcoming. What religion? Hey, hey, Chance, yeah, yeah, put put down your phone for just a second. Yeah, you can pause the video game you're playing right now. Yeah, yeah thank you. So, so what religion are you into? Our family are Seventh-day Adventists. It's a pretty cool faith. There's not too many things on the do-not-do list. Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Uh, you know, I've been raised to believe the fewer things on that to not-to-do list, the weaker the religion is. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. There has to be discipline and order in a real religion. I don't agree with that premise. Life is short, you know? Well, I've not formally joined the church yet, but I'm seriously considering it. Uh, I mean, I have lost six pounds since I've been attending service. They've given me better guidance on my diet than Jenny Craig. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. Yeah, I should probably lose a few pounds myself, but mm. the deal killer for me uh, with, with that religion is the after sundown on Friday night thing. You know, I, I, I know it would be easier with daylight savings time in the summer, but I don't know. I had a friend who was a Seventh-day Adventist, and, and he would never, ever make our Friday night poker parties. He couldn't. Uh, he just wanted us to move him to Thursday night, but no one would, but him you know, would go for it. You get used to it. Thursdays are our Fridays. No big deal. You just deal with it. I don't think so. Well, I will say that at first it was disappointing not to go out dancing on Friday nights, as I've been used to doing over the years. But clubs are open on Thursday nights, too, and the dance floor is much less crowded, so I've adjusted. 
Yeah, but, but TV is horrible on Friday nights. You know, the, the weakest stuff, they, they cram it into that, that, that night. I have no problem staying home, you know, Monday through Thursday. Great stuff on TV, but, but Friday night is, is what I wait for all week. You know, our church, church offers a really fun family night on Friday nights. We all get together and play board games. Sometimes we've got 75 or 80 players involved in a game of Candyland. It's a hoot. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. You know, I googled what is the world's most popular religion, and Christianity won at 2.5 billion people. But if I went with an up-and-coming religion, you know, bet on the potential growth of one, then, then there are some, you know, other options, uh, like Islam at 1.9 billion and Hinduism at 1.2 billion. Uh, who knows in like 20 years where there'll be uh, like, you know, when the VHS recorders came out, they were way behind, and but they later buried beta decks, remember? <laughs> but, I mean, anyway, for those two I just mentioned, you have to pray a lot. I mean, a lot. So it's very, it would be very, very time-consuming. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. You know, I would point out to you that the Mormon Church is one of the fastest-growing religions in the world today. Yeah, the deal is with all religions, though, they require focus and dedication. Everyone knows that's, that's kind of my soft spot. I have issues with focus and dedication. Uh, well, anyway, it, it's musical uh, guest interview time right now, so i got to move on, but we'll, we'll get back to this later. All right. So welcome back to the show, uh, Shotgun Kitchen. Uh, give our listeners the current lineup of the band, the, the, or there are you guys that are with us. Well, we got um, Raquel singing, and uh, Kristen, Hi. Jessica. Hi. Uh, Kenneth on banjo and the, the one and only Ricky Gonzalez on bass. Yeah. Are you going to out yourself? I'm, I'm Joe and uh, John Summer couldn't be here tonight. But All right, super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for those who are not familiar w with Shotgun Kitchen, how would you describe your sound? That's a cliche question, but you guys, it, it's kind of a tough call. How would you describe it? What do you think, Raquel? We're, we're kind of folk punk or. Uh, Dirty <laughs> <folk>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're the dirty, honest truth. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, you know, on the show, you, you probably heard I'm shopping around for a religion. Anyone in the band have a suggestion? Because I'm looking for one that, that won't cramp my style too much. You know, like, like wardrobe demands, maybe. I, I'm kind of stuck in my ways. You know, I have a look that I'm comfortable with right now after many years. Dang, you guys got any ideas on that one? Paganism is pretty all-inclusive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. We think so. I don't, know, I don't know if I'd be up for that. Sounds like it's very labor-intensive. Um, well... Let's move on to another topic. What is the band's take on science? Is it a nefarious force attempting to brainwash our children, or is it even worse? You know, something that's a threat to our to our way of life. I think we're pro science. Yeah, no, we're really pro science. We fall in the pro science category. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, too much knowledge can be harmful, and it can cause like migraine headaches. I've read that on Facebook. Well, anyway, all right, so fun. So, <laughs> hey, what, what, what band in the world would Shotgun Kitchen want to open for you if you were like headlining a major stadium tour? Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on the record? <laughs> bon Jovi, if you're listening. <laughs> well, you know, really, our, our favorite bands, 95% of the music we listen to is local music. And, and like, the, listen to the um, Northwest compilation on Shindig Records. That, that, that's the kind of music we love. The, the Black Dog Files from Snoqualmie, that's, you know, that, that's our favorite. Mm, super. All right. Good plug. All right. Well, what's the name of the next song and what's it about? You want to 
You want to tell Kristen? The next song is a, um, called Stuff With You, and it's about doing stuff with uh, somebody you like. Okay, let's do it. I like doing stuff with you, no matter what the stuff is. At the movies or at the zoo, I like doing stuff with you. Let's go down to the river and bring a bottle of wine. It's not real good for your liver, but it's good for your peace of mind. Sometimes we'll bring the dogs and a loaf of bread. Sit on a favorite log, smoking up crack to get us back and feed the dogs to the dogs. Yeah, I like doing stuff with you, no matter what the stuff is. Goodman Radio Show. Hi, everybody. This is Dick Dale, king of the surf guitar, or king of the surf rock guitar, or king of heavy metal, <laughs> as many say. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, and what a great guy he is. But you know what's funny? When I was in the Air Force and they were punishing me, they used to make me peel a hundred spuds. <laughs> Uh, Spud, your next guest, <clears throat> yeah, uh, oh, no. your next guest, Ad 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 Just move on. I don't. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, uh, I know that. It, what if I just say his first name, which is Ad yeah, Ed? Just no. Hell no, you can't. Uh, I don't know if he's calling in from London or not. Too. Should I inquire with him? No, I don't need that GPS reading on where he is right now. Okay. And I have been a fan of Adewale Akanue Agbaji for, I don't know, a long time. He's, he's been on so many movies and TV shows. And, geez, I mean, just once you see his face, you immediately say, hey, I know that dude. He's a really, really good actor. 
Well, I enjoyed Adewale in Born Identity, and of course in the Lost series on ABC. Yeah. Oh, I miss that show. Uh, Spud, do you want me to try again to pronounce his name? Come on, you can do it. Uh, let me let me let me see if I can try. No, uh, no, I, no, Mr. Ugly American. We don't need you to hammer his name again, okay? God, you, you would think a co-host could handle such a simple well, task. Just say a guess name. I, I, just I, put him through. I'd like one more try, but uh, okay, here he is. Please greet actor, writer, and director Adewale Aknuwe Agbaji. Thanks for coming on our show, man. Hey, thank you very much for pronouncing my name, man. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely, not a problem. Uh, let me say you are now uh, on the ABC crime drama The Fix, airing Mondays at 10, 9 central. That's right, yeah. Um, and I produced and uh, created, written by none other than uh, Marsha Crock, the... Uh, prosecuted attorney in the OJ trial. So, uh, yeah. an exciting project. Yeah, very exciting project. Um, we all know that trial, and um, we all know the outcome of it as well. And uh, the show starts off from that uh, personal experience of Marsh's, which is the the, the verdict, uh, the not guilty of a character that I played. Yeah, I remember that. Debbie Johnson, who's this mega movie star from England. And uh, then it jump cuts to eight years later, where uh, he's then accused of, uh, or suspected of killing his new partner. And um, it becomes fiction at that point, and uh, Marsha just plays with the notions that I'm sure she'd played with for many years, and uh, it becomes a bullet train ride of a nail-biting thriller from there. All right, super. Um, well, you know, before we get into your, your current acting career, I got to say this. You might be the only movie star that started out as an attorney before then becoming a model and then moved into acting. That's an interesting career arc. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, just to give it some context, uh, you know, I have a family of lawyers. My father was a, a barrister and um, being the only son, I was, you know, expected to follow suit and the master's degree was as far as I I wanted to go. It just really wasn't for me. And, and I was doing, um, you know, a few small little acting jobs and modeling jobs as part-time uh, jobs whilst I was at, at college, and it just took off into the career that I have today, really. Um, so, yeah, and, and also the, the legal background is really what drew me to uh, the fix. Um, you know, I was intrigued to work with Marsha because of her you know, insights into the law and what, what, how I could draw upon that for my character. Um, and, and I had a lot of fun with that. We did a lot of research, a lot of dialoguing, and uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Very interesting. I think you're going to like this show. Yeah, well, you kind of have a lot of experience in all facets of the criminal justice system. Let's look way back in your career, because I first I first became a fan of yours on the HBO show Oz. You played a real mean character out of BC. Now, you and a few others were a really good scared straight commercial to never go to prison, man. Yeah, I've been credited for keeping a lot of people out of uh, out of the joint, as it were. So, uh, and I, I I take that gladly because I mean that's really what we were doing. We were showing. The reality of um, prison life, and there was no glamour in it. And uh, yeah, it was a time that uh, an exciting time creatively, when HBO was just starting to do its dramas, and Oz was one of the first. And uh, I was just uh, lucky to be in there and working with some incredible writers that gave me a, a platform to, you know, show my talent. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I think we, we had Christopher Maloney on, and actually Harold Perrineau, and May, and I think Ernie Hudson also a couple times. And I each I asked each of them, uh, was the set as dour and uh, just. Uh, I don't know, depressing as it seemed on film. But, you know, they, they said that, you know, heck, you guys actually had a pretty good time. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it was a great time. I've got to be honest. It was a bit like a fraternity of eager actors all competing with each other. It was brilliant. And um, we had this massive set in uh, New York. It was really built like a prison. Um, and we had over 300 extras in there at any one time. Wow. So, yeah, so it really felt like it, you know. Every now and then, scuffles would break out because people were hot and bothered. And, uh, we took that energy to the camera, and uh, which is why it felt real. But um, it wasn't gloomy and dire at all. I think it, for for us as actors to be working with Tom from Tanner and 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 be given an opportunity to show off our our skills, it, it was exciting and. And I think we all just took the challenge, man, and, and we're, we're eager to read what we're about to do next, you know? All right. All right, super. Hey, hey, Spud. What? Come well, on. Well, may I ask why you remain so fascinated by prison movies and TV shows? You seem to really enjoy them, but uh, you never did any prison time, right? Uh, Adewale, uh, give me a second here. No, I've never been locked up before. Yeah, except maybe you know when I was a little kid, my mom would lock me in the bathroom, you know, to force me to take a bath. Uh, I would hang tough for a few hours, but usually, I, usually, I, I don't know, I, I gave in and got into the tub. But then the water was always so lukewarm; it was never a pleasant experience. Uh, you know, I, I hate baths. Oh, yeah, I remember though. I still do. When your mother would lock you in the bathroom, yes, you would be screaming and banging on the door about not wanting to take your bath. Right. I was impressed how long you would hold out. You know, I, you. I don't think you would survive well in prison, Spud. It's a good thing you were never a criminal, or, or at least you never got caught. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Yeah. You know, okay, besides maybe, you know, being addicted to Napster way back, cause, and I really need to return all those illegally, you know, songs I downloaded. I gotta get back to Adwali. So, just zip it, okay? All right, I, I am back. Well, you know, in 2015, you co-starred with Will Smith in the movie Concussion. I, I know being raised in the UK, you probably played another kind of football game, but what did you learn from your research? Uh, for You played the role of David uh, Dave Duerson, who played safety for it, mostly with the Chicago Bears, but did you learn much from that role? Well, I, you know, I, I did. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really interesting because it you know, came from the doctor who was Nigerian as well, and that's what I am of origin, so I was right. intrigued. From, from that aspect, but just to really um, find out the details of the impact that playing the game could have, and obviously playing the character of Dave, um, you know, and the outcome of these lives, and these are, these are, these were, were national heroes who who, who had tragic ends, and um, it, it was enlightening, it was disturbing, and um, and I, I think it was a piece of. Uh, wisdom that I'll take with me throughout my life, you know, uh, that, you know, high-impact high sports will have um, their effects, and, and, and that's just logical, you know, whether it's rugby, whether it's football, I mean, it will have, it's where it's boxing, they will have their effects, and, and we have to be mindful of that, and so I, I learned, you know, not only about the game itself, the art of it, and the beauty, and, the, and how, how important it was to the American fabric. But I learned the, the the physical, the medical, and the, and the, and the realities 
of it, you know, the impacts of that to people's lives. Right. And also the families, you know, who had lost these heroes, who had to carry on living without their husbands or fathers, um, you know, that, that side of it as well. So, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a very um, important film for me to be a part of. And, yeah, I, I learned a lot there. Well, all I know is the NFL needs to take way better care of the players now retired because that settlement was nowhere near enough. I just want to say that. But all right. Um, well, you know, in 2017, you wrote and directed the movie Farming. It was about your life, right? That's right. Yes, yes. And that will come out in um, the U.S. in uh, late August, early September. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, it's taken many years for me to bring it to fruition. But uh, it's entitled Farming. And farming was uh, a term that was used to describe a process that happened in England after the Second World War, whereby the, the, the immigrants coming to Britain, particularly the Nigerian immigrants, what they would do when they came to Britain, they would farm or foster their children out to white working class families. And this was tens of thousands of children all over the country. And uh, I was one of those children. I was fostered out at six weeks old to a white uh, working class family in the south east of England. Mm -hmm. And the story really documents how I managed to grow up under that system and, uh, you know, become the man I am today, basically. And Kate Beckinsale plays uh, my foster mother. Google and Butter Raw plays a social worker. And Damson Idris, who's the star of Snowfall, plays the younger version of me. So it's going to be a really dramatic, uh, impactful film. Super. And that's coming out of when again? Uh, it comes out. It comes out in the UK in um, late June, July, and it comes out in uh, the states in uh, late August, September. All right, super. All right, let, let me say again: your new ABC series, The Fix, airs Mondays at ten nine Central. Thank you a bunch for checking in with us. No, anytime, man. It's a pleasure to speak to you, and uh, thank you for all the support of my career. I really appreciate it. You got it, Mr. Adewale Akinuwe. Agbaji, thank you so much. Boom. Thank you, man. Take, Take care. care. You too. Spud goodness to Anulo. Spud goodness to Anulo. Spud. What else is there, man? Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Well, the show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding for you. Well, put him through. Do you want me to do his plug? Yeah, well, be, oh, be quick. Let's yeah, go. yeah, okay. okay. Uh, Ted Marr's Out of This World show can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Back to the show, our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks, man, for doing this. Hi, Spud. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, so what I wanted to run by you this time is a question that I continue to wonder about. From, from way back when I was in Catholic school and the nuns were telling us what not to do, I, you know, I've had a tough time figuring out what is the bottom line, you know? How low can you go to get, you know, still get a shot at an afterlife? I, I know believing is a must, but there's 
actually a whole lot more on the to-do list to get there. Uh, as a psychic, you know, you believe in, what, in another dimension, which is a little different than heaven when we die. So is it easier to get there than heaven? That's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm not picky. I just want a second act somewhere if possible. <laughs> well, that's a question that actually I've, I've wondered about, and I've gotten the answers from my spirit friends for many oh. years. I've been in touch with the other side for about 25 or so years. Oh. And universally, when people pass over, uh, it's like flipping from one dimension to the other. And the first thing you realize is that we're souls inhabiting a human body here to learn lessons and hopefully advance. And so when you pass on, you basically your, your body's gone, but your soul's still there. And you first, um, you, the first thing that happens is that you're met by a light, a bright light. And from all my spirit friends, if most of them, most everyone goes through that light, and when they get to the other side, they're met with a like a reunion of their family and friends, and even pets and animals that they've uh, that they've been with. And um, uh, after this party, which can go on for a long time, months or uh, weeks, um, then you go through time. what's called a life review. And you review what everything you did in your life, what you did right, what you did wrong, what things you could have uh, could have done better, and in, and then you you review it in terms of how not only how you felt, but how you affected other people and animals and plants and animals right. and inanimate things. Spud, I have to tell you that I have never read or heard in church anything at all about parties when you get to heaven. I mean, you might get a warm welcome, certainly, but not gala gatherings that last for weeks. Hey, Ted, give me a couple seconds here. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with throwing a party when you get there? D do you want to have an afterlife where it's all gloomy and no fun at all? Wait, wait, of course you do, as you don't believe in having fun. Oh. That's not true at all. I'm a very fun person. Right. My wife, Rachel, tells me all the time how much fun I am to be around. I think she's just trying to be nice to you. No. I mean, what's she, what's she going to say to you as your wife? Like you bore the hell out of me? Just let me get back to Ted if you don't mind. I am back. You know, what about that? the time thing? Is it, a, you know, is it really the same thing as here on Earth? The time is different on the fifth and higher dimensions than it is here. And they can just, they hang around as long as, as yeah. they want. Well, that's what I'm worried um, about. That's what I'm trying to get at here, Ted, is I'm worried mm -hmm. about the people that are there because um, you're stuck with them forever. People, you know, if, if people like, say, Hitler, Roy Cohn, or Benedict Arnold ever, you know, made it to the afterlife, if they did, I would think those already there would have tried to veto their arrival. You know, like, there goes the neighborhood. Do they have, like, gated communities in the afterlife, you know, to keep out the riffraff? Because this is stuff that I'm kind of worried about. If I get there and I don't like the people that I'm surrounded with, you know, what can I do? I don't want to live around nitwits like Justin Bieber or any of the Kardashians when their time is up. <laughs> I like to sleep at night. <laughs> well, you will, you will go to the spiritual level that you progress to on the other side. So you won't have to deal with Justin Bieber or, or Adolf Hitler. If you do get an afterlife, let me ask you this. Can you later be kicked out? Like if I say I annoyed, you know, enough people somewhere that would they just say, get the hell out of here? Is that, is that? <laughs> well, I worry about those all, things. You know, I have, I have some issues with getting along with people. Well, it, it's, I hope not. Uh, you, you, uh, if you did make a mistake, uh, you know, I think the Supreme being who created all this is very, loving and forgiving and um even with somebody like hitler the the i've been Don't told me to hitler i mean I'm, i know no I'm, no no okay, i'm not please. but i've been told that he's 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 apologized to every single one of his victims from world war ii not good enough and uh, and a, a lot of times spiritual uh, uh, spirits who've done uh, who 
done a lot of heinous things to humanity, crimes against humanity, they will go to spiritual schools and get healed. They need to be redirected and re-educated, so to speak. I don't um, think he can be saved. I mean, there's, there's yeah. now he's not the only one. There's a few other people on my list, but he'd be at, pretty much at the top. Uh, right. But I don't right. know. Anyway, last question, because I know you got to go. But w- when you are in the afterlife, uh, would you consider hanging out with me if, if I'm ever, ever lucky enough to get there, too? Absolutely. We'll go out yes. for a cup of coffee or a yes. beer, okay? Super. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a bunch for checking in with us. Our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks so much, bud. My how time flies. All right, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, because I don't want this to come off as I'm shopping for a new religion like I'm at Safeway or Costco. I'm just looking, you know, looking around, kicking the tires, seeing if there's one that's a good fit for me at this point in my life. I get it that I'm maybe too old and setting my waist to be flexible enough, you know, to make this thing work. It's going to have to be uh, the right religion for me. I, like, I mean, any, any church that has services on Sunday morning will have to be okay with me monitoring my NFL Red Zone subscription on my phone during, you know, football season. Uh, of, of course, I will, you know, have the sound off or at least have earbuds. Good call, yo. Oh, yeah, you know, you, you can't watch football games at our church services. I, I'll be honest really? with you. That would be highly frowned on. And just between you and me, as a Seahawk fan, I won't lie. I have at times, mostly at only during the really big must-win games, over the years, I quietly may have slipped out to the car to check the score a few times, but I always quickly return to the pew and I don't create a distraction. What's your name, scumbag? Spud, knowing you as I do, I think you might want to pick a religion that doesn't meet on Sunday mornings. You just aren't a morning person. Truth isn't truth. I I can be if I really focus and have a couple of alarms set up. I don't think so. I will say that our church, the Seven-Day Adventists, never have to miss a single game during football season. Well, what about ESPN college football games on Friday nights? How do you handle that? At our church during the season, they just put a small TV in the daycare room for really? the hardcore fans. Huh. I just monitor the scores on my Apple Watch. What? You can monitor football games on your watch? Are, are you serious? No way. Uh, it's all fake news. Dude, you should get like a home assistant. Just ask what, what Alexa or Siri or whoever uh, to give you the scores of any game. And it can tell you the weather, too. What? A weather machine? Spud, Spud. No, uh, I know your mother, if she was still with us, would be very happy to learn you're trying to become more spiritual. Yeah. Your father, I think so. not so much. I'm pretty sure he joined that Rajneeshi group only because he heard the women outnumbered men two to one. Yeah, I sort of remember my mother saying that. Yeah. But, but hey, you know, they were divorced then, so whatever. Uh, you know, I, I get a lot of pamphlets left at my front door and in the mail telling me to join their church. You know, as I've said, there are so many choices right now. How do you decide? Well, what is the question? Hey, Spud, I think we have a caller on the line. Should I put him through? Uh, has anyone vetted the caller, found out if, you know, like they're interesting or have something to say about, you know, the topic that won't bore the c- out of people? No, I just put them on hold. So what do you want to do? I can just hang up if that's okay. Nah, nah just, just, just put it through. Call you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Yeah, hey, you're on the uh, air, man. I'm a first-time listener, and all right. I'll admit, I, I know nothing about you or the show, but yeah. let, let me say, feeling the need for 
higher power in your life is a basic need. Like, yeah. like knowing there's someone looking out for you, yeah. someone who will be there for you. It's well, very no, no matter no, ma- no matter what though, seriously. I mean, think about it. No matter what, like when I you know went to parochial school when when I was doing like the you know the first communion thing, I'm pretty sure I weirded out my priest who was hearing my confession. He didn't say anything specific to me, but I could tell I creeped him out. That is messed up, yo. You know, I'm not Catholic, so I, I can't comment on that experience. Yeah, well, I, I didn't really say, say anything too gross. I was I was only like seven years old. I, I think I told him about a dream I had. You know, Sophia Loren, you know, the, the movie star from way back was, was in it. She was a nun, and she was teaching me, you know, about the facts of life, the, the birds and the bees. Yeah, sex. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sex. It, it was like a wild dream, and if I remember right, when I mentioned Sophia Loren, you know, just spread peanut butter all over me, uh, he kind of checked out and really wasn't present. Y- you know what I mean? No, I don't for sure. Why, why would you bring up a story like that well, with a priest? Because I wasn't sure if that dream was a sin or not. There are all kinds of perversions. Because when I woke up, it sure felt like a sin. Well, you know, hey, hey, can I get a word in here? I mean, the point I wanted to make was your faith is a very personal part of your life. Do you want and me to hang up it. on this guy now? Yes! I think he's pretty boring, if you ask me. Yeah, well, no one asked you, Chance. Uh, caller, can I ask what church you attend? Well, hi, Daddy's a Mormon, if well, that's what you want to know. Okay? Uh, well, he doesn't have to declare his religion on the air. Now? No, but, but, no. so, so caller, I, I know you mean well and think you have some insight that, that might help me out here, but it's probably best we end this conversation. I hope you don't mind. But, but I really didn't get an opportunity to now, make Now, do you point. want me to hear Yeah, it? yeah, now, now. Okay, I'm going to figure out oh. this religion thing on my own time. Now I need to sign off here as we're running late. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Shotgun Kitchen.
2019 Spud Goodman Productions.